Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, in recent years, the overall Hispanic vote has leaned Democratic. But in 2020 and 2021, their support for Republican candidates across the country grew. Now there's a new Wall Street Journal poll that shows Latino voters are more evenly split between Democrats and Republicans, leaving a lot of Democrats in Washington worried about their grip on this key voting block. The bigger question for me, uh, as it relates not just to the Hispanic vote, uh, but to Gen Z, to black voters, what is it that both parties are missing that these groups are actually looking for? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. So as we look at how voting groups break down, uh, this is something that we've looked at often on this program. And I actually want to go back to this because, again, there's a, a growing concern right now amongst Democratic strategists uh, on the political side uh, looking at Latino voters, the Hispanic vote, and they fear that the Democrats are losing what has been a pretty strong hold on uh, that community. And so I want to go back to something. Uh, we had political strategist uh, Luis Alvarado on the program a while back uh, because we wanted to dive into this. What is really going on and how are we looking at it? How are the two parties doing? What are they missing as it relates to Latino voters? Take a listen. It's a growing demographic that is complex and continues to be complex as Election cycles continue to evolve. You know, it's, it's, it's a diverse community. You know, use the word Latinos. You know, it's like saying if you lived in Africa and somebody said, oh, you American. Being American in itself, you can't just put everybody in one bubble and make them believe or understand that everybody thinks, acts, or feels the same way. So the same thing goes for Latino communities. Even within our communities, there's different levels, different, uh, different ways of understanding how those communities evolve. Uh, I do think that's such an important point uh, is that these are not monolithic communities. Uh, and again, whether it's the Latino community or whether it's Gen Z and younger voters, they're not monolithic. And, and so I think that was some really wise counsel, again, to the political parties to say, look, don't don't treat these communities as if they are one monolithic lockstep kind of group. Uh, Louise went on to describe the Latino community uh, as very young and very dynamic. 
you know, Latinos are a very young community. You know, right. you compare the Latino community. You know, most of it, they're very young. It's, it's their 20s, and they're very idealistic. And that's why uh, Bernie Sanders had a grab on many of the Latino communities and utilized that. Uh, they're very progressive or and, and at certain places, very libertarian to the point that mm. they're Republican idealisms that uh, that can be attractive to the young voter. Right. But Republicans haven't found a way to can it or to tap into that. I think that's so important that you, you recognize that, uh, in my view, neither Democrats nor Republicans are giving Latinos, blacks or Gen Z just as three groups. Nobody's giving any of those individuals a good reason to become part of their party. There's not a lot of good there's not a lot of good action happening there. Now, we did break down just within the last month. Of course, it was a, a very interesting race in Virginia for the governorship. And uh, we had uh, Glenn Youngkin, who had a surprise victory over Terry McAuliffe, the Democrat, uh, in that campaign. And his chief strategist and campaign manager, Jeff Rowe, friend of mine, a great strategist. And so we broke it down with him recently on this show as to what it looked like. Uh, how did they approach many of these minority communities uh, in that uh, Virginia race? And here's what he said. And so what we found in that survey is that the, the, the minority voters are more persuadable than former Republican college-educated whites. The, those folks are, have made a decision, a conscious decision, to leave the party. And so we can still get them back, and we did get some back. But, um, but Hispanic and Asian and, and black voters are more persuadable and more easily persuadable to get them to get them to vote Republican. And what started in 2020 with the growth in the non-white votes for Republicans it continued in 21. And Jeff Rowe was really the the architect of uh, the Yunkin win, surprise win in Virginia. And he went on to say that uh, when you're looking at a group of minority voters, uh, politicians, as they often do, focus on all the wrong issues. They spend time talking about national issues or trying to take a hard partisan position on the issue of the day. And they just kind of bounce from issue of the day to issue of the day to issue of the day. You really lose the ability to connect with the folks that don't follow politics like that, but just want to know what's in it for them. And so I think the first issue for groups that we commonly don't compete for their votes, like Hispanics, is showing up. And I think that's half of it, too, is when you do show up, talk about issues that they care about, which is just the same as everybody else, but they're just not as partisan. So getting beyond that and, and helping uh, elected officials understand that, look, people are not everybody is so partisan as you are. Uh, they're, they're not having the uh, talking points shouting match across the back fence every day. Uh, most of them are living in their communities, working at their jobs, raising their families, uh, coaching Little League or volunteering. Uh, they're all doing things that build community. And so so often we end up with these big national issue races uh, or we end up with politicians who are so hyper-focused on fighting the last battle. Again, what we saw in Virginia, uh, if you're all, all you're going to do is fight about what you're against and fight the last war, you can never win the next one. Politics is always, always about what's next. It's not about what was in the last race. It's not about what is today. It's about what is next. And I think one of the things that politicians have really missed and political strategists miss wildly 
is that especially in many of these communities, the real key is is first to show up, like Jeff Rowe mentioned on this show. The next thing is to invite them to become part of a solution or a story. Uh, don't just go and talk platitudes at them. Don't just show up with some brochures spin it, uh, printed in their language. No, they want to talk about real issues that are impacting them day to day and then invite them to be part of the solution. Everybody wants to be part of a winning story. Everybody wants to be part of solving something. Uh, going back to our conversation uh, with Luis Alvarado, uh, he pointed out that he said Ronald Reagan was probably the best example of a politician successfully winning the Hispanic vote, partly because he respected them and he invited them to be part of something bigger. You know, Ronald Reagan was probably one of the most successful Republicans in understanding uh, and and bringing together Latinos and making them feel that they were part of the American, you know, the fabric of the American society and that they were contributors and that they were most important. This is the key word, respected. Then you had a, you had a, a bridge for conversation and then inclusion. And then at the end of the day, you had their vote. So, again, if you look at these blocks of voters, uh, we've been breaking these down here on the program from Gen Z to uh, the black voter community, Hispanic community, uh, and a host of others. And it's how you go about it that matters. It's respecting whoever you're going to, whatever voter it is, talking to the issues they care about, not fighting the last war, getting past the shouting match and the talking points, and get to the solutions that will impact their lives and then invite them to be part of the solution. It's not rocket science. But sadly, our politics and our political consulting class has made this more about fundraising and hyper-partisan rhetoric than it is about getting solutions. Some would rather have the problem uh, than have the policy solution because it's easier to campaign on the negative. Uh, we got to change that, and that's up to, you guessed it, we the people. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.